the Tom Sumner Program. Old Fashioned Radio for a New Generation. Oh, it's always a pleasure to be with you, Tom. You know that. Yay, Tom! I love it in Flint! You're very astute, Tom. Tom, easy question. I'll debate Andy Dillon on your show. Well, uh, that's a very good question. Uh, Hello, darling. This is Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, with Tom Sumner. I'm all right, Tom. How are you? Lucky day, Mr. Sumner. Ciao, Tom. How are you today? That's a good question. <laughs> Hi, this is actor comedian Jonah Pody, and you're listening to the Tom Snyder, uh, Tom Smothers. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry. What's his name? Oh, Sumner. The Tom Sumner Program. Good morning, Tom. How are you doing? Hey, at least I got the Tom part right. The Tom Sumner Program, old-fashioned radio for a new generation. A social distancing tip. While the CDC urges you to avoid close contact, like hugging or shaking hands, there are other non-physical ways to say hello. Wave, wink, use sign language, salute, smile, give the peace sign, throw up an air high five, do jazz hands. Remember, stay a minimum of six feet or two arms length away from others and stay home if you can. For more info, visit coronavirus.gov. Let's all do our part because we're all hashtag alone together. Brought to you by the Ad Council. This is Mayor Sheldon Neely, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Show. Welcome to this presentation of the Comedy Spotlight on the Tom Sumner Program. Never forget the time I had a sore throat. Bad sore throat. And I said, I have a sore throat. <laughs> and my mother said, let me feel your, let me feel your forehead. Mothers are always feeling things, you know. Let me feel your head. Let me feel your arm. Doctors do that, too. A lot of doctors do that. They're wonderful people. No, I love doctors, but there's only one thing, two things I've found fault with. I can find fault with doctors. One, you could have a busted leg. Your your leg could be hanging out, and the guy will still want to feel it. You know, let me feel it. Does that hurt? Hey! Yeah, does that hurt? Does that hurt? And they always keep the stethoscope in the freezer. <laughs> I warm that thing up with my hands. Whenever I go to see my doctor, I grab a stethoscope. I pull it right out of the refrigerator and I start warming it up with my hands. <laughs> and they put that cold thing on you and they say, take a deep breath. <gasps> you can't help but take a deep breath. The problem is trying to breathe out now. So I'm sitting on the emergency ward. With my, with my sore throat, and the doctor comes out, he says, uh, what's the matter? He says, my son has a sore throat. I said, okay, take a look at it. Ah. Oh. Say ah. Oh. So, oh, well, this is it. He said, he, he's really got it. He's got tonsillitis, Mrs. Godby. Oh, well, well, what do you want to do? Well, we, uh, we usually uh, do a tonsillectomy on uh, Wednesday, which is the day after tomorrow. You can leave him here tonight. What are you guys going to leave who? <laughs> You're not leaving me nowhere. Can't my mother sleep with me? No, no, your mother's not going to sleep with me. Well, somebody's got to sleep with me. I'm not sleeping nowhere by myself. Well, you're just going to, we're going to operate on you. Operate who? My, don't let them operate on me. Please, don't let them, don't let them do nothing bad. What are they going to cut? Well, it's, uh, don't worry about it. It's just, just going to cut two things in your throat. Two things in my throat! And then I won't be able to talk or what? Yes, you'll be able to talk. Listen, son, let me explain to you. Your tonsils, your tonsils, which we're going to have to take out, guard your throat, you see. 
they stand there, they're two guards, they have hand grenades, bazookas, and everything, and anything bad that comes into your mouth, they fight it off. <laughs> See, well, uh, in your case, your tonsils have lost the war. Uh, as a matter of fact, your tonsils have gone as far as to join the other side, you see. And they're gonna kill you if we don't cut them out. Well, they're gonna hurt and everything. No, we're not gonna hurt you. Now listen, as a matter of fact, listen to me now. When they cut your tonsils out, don't you know, are you ready for the lie? They'll give you all the ice cream in the world you can eat. Is that right? I can have all ice cream in the world I can eat? Yes, I'm not kidding. You're, you don't tell me no fibs now, Mom. No, no, I'm not kidding. You all the ice cream, say honest to God. Honest to God. Boy, you guys are in trouble. Because I can eat a mess of ice cream, I'm telling you now. I, one time I ate a whole elephant full of chocolate. I, can I have chocolate? You can have chocolate. Oh, boy. Take me wherever I'm supposed to go now. You can cut off my whole neck for some chocolate ice cream, man. So they marched me in and I turned, on my, I turned in my civvies and they gave, me that, uh, they gave me that hospital, that hospital thing that you put on where the back is open. And, and, you, and you, you, you're afraid to, you know, you're back away from people and you bump into the walls in there, you know, marble wall, ice cold. And the, and the iron cribs are ice cold. You, you, this is so cold, you stick to the cribs, you know. And, gee whiz, man. So I, I marched on a ward and they introduced me to my two buddies. This is Johnson. Hey, Johnson, how you doing? You gotta get some ice cream too? Yes, they, they told me I'd get some ice cream. Yeah, well listen, man, when the nurse leaves, I'll talk to you about that ice cream later. Because we're gonna eat a mess of ice cream. <laughs> And this is Rudolph. How you doing, Rudolph? You gotta get some ice cream? Yeah, yeah, I've got ice cream. Yeah, boy, eat it up. Okay, poor boy. All right, nurse, you may leave now. We're all right. So, we sat down. We looked at each other. And we said, ice cream. Ice cream? We're gonna eat ice cream. And we will eat it every day in the middle of the night, man. We're singing ice cream. And eat that ice cream. And the nurses are padding the doors, locking them up. And we're going to eat ice cream. Listen, you know what I'm going to do? When I get my first bowl of ice cream, I'm, gonna, I'm not even going to touch it or, or, or eat it or nothing. I'm going to smear it all over my body, man. Just smear it all over my face and eyes and hair and everywhere. And then I'm going to put a green cherry in my navel. And I'm going to be the most beautiful chocolate sundae you've ever seen in your life. Ice cream. I'm going to eat ice cream. I'm telling you now, ice cream. Sing along with me now. And the whole day passed, man. Every time the orderly brought by the breakfast cart, man, phew. All right, let's have a breakfast. And we'd eat it up, man. Our stomachs would swell up. We ate so much. You got to keep eating a lot so your stomach will stretch, man. Lunchtime. Bring it in. Ah, eating everything. Make it stretch out. Make it stretch out. Bring in the dinner. Ah, and the supper. Ah, we ate everything, man. Preparing for the ice cream. Okay, and we didn't even sleep the night of surgery. Hey, man, yeah, we're going to get some ice cream and everything. Ice cream. Ice cream! We're going to get ice cream. And that morning, the orderly went by with the breakfast cart. <laughs> hey! You! Almost a doctor!
thing, man. We got to eat this morning. You're not getting nothing to eat. How come? Because you're getting your tonsils out. Well, what's that got to do with it? When you get your tonsils out, you can't have any food in your stomach because you throw up. Are you kidding? One time I ate a dead frog. I didn't throw up or nothing, man. Bring that breakfast cart back here. And he went away. <laughs> and came the nurse with the gurney. You know, the gurney's the thing that they, they put you on to take you down to surgery. And the wheels on the gurneys are always the same. They always have that wobble like there's a windstorm going on about six inches above the ground. <laughs> That's why a lot of women never make it to the delivery room. <laughs> Baby's out, take her back. <laughs> Save money, time and space, you know. So she wheeled it in, we all stood up. Ice cream! We're gonna eat ice cream! All right, now it's time to go to surgery. Who's going first? Take me! No, take me! I wanna go. No, that was, you get. Listen, CB4, V, and S. You guys hit strawberry vanilla, and I'm C as alphabetically. I go first, you know. No, we're gonna take Johnson, because he was here first. Oh, sure. Okay, Johns, go ahead, man. Get that ice cream. Cut it up, man. All right, go ahead, Johns. Johnson stepped on the gurney. Well, suckers, I guess you know what this means. If they run out of strawberry, vanilla and chocolate are definitely in jeopardy. Okay, Johnson, don't eat it up from us, though. Hey, Johnson, Johnson, go ahead, babe. And we sat down, man, and we looked at each other. Ice cream, we're gonna eat ice cream. And boom, Johnson's back. Okay, y'all, you ready? Yeah, me too. Go ahead, Johnson. Hey, Johnson, wake up. Just how come your eyeballs just keep waving around in the air? <laughs> nice, ain't it? That's ketchup, right? That's ketchup on his mouth, coming around from his mouth. Ain't it ketchup? Please, that's ketchup, because we ain't the thing that you killed, Johnson. <laughs> to kill Johnson. They picked him up. Johnson was like a wet rag. <laughs> oh, man. I picked the bottle up and broke it. <laughs> All right, who's next? Get away from me. Okay, you fight him off, Rudy. I'll hit him off here. They ain't touching neither one of us. Rudy started crying. Oh, no. Rudy had the funniest cry you ever wanted to see. He would run whenever he cried. Oh, no, 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 no. And they picked him up and they strapped him down on the gurney, man, and they took him away. Rudy, keep fighting, babe. Keep fighting. Just remember one thing. Keep your mouth closed. Jesse. Johnson, wake up, babe. Ice cream. You gotta sing with me. Ice cream. Always oh, dancing. <laughs> Boom. All right, Rudy, did you keep it? No, he didn't keep it. They got him. Okay, William, you're next. Well, wait. Wait. Before you touch me, I have a confession to make. Does it mean anything to you if I say that I just had breakfast? Okay, I'll go peacefully. And they put me... They put me on a gurney. And they... They covered me up with a sheet up to my neck. They put me on the elevator. And I knew I was going to die. And I hadn't really prepared myself for it. 
and it was pitiful. You know, when you're only five years old and your life passes before you, it's pitiful, man. You really don't have that much of a life to pass before you. It was just a little, and then it was gone. I had to call for a rerun. And they brought me into surgery. Doctors and nurses all got their masks on so you can't tell who they are. And they put a needle in my arm and let the thing go. And the doctor said, count backwards from 100. 100, nine. I didn't even make it to the second nine. I was so pitiful. Of course, now, I understand that if you're an alcoholic, you can last longer. Now, if they ever get my old man on an alcohol, they're really in trouble, man. I know Dad will give him trouble. Four, three, two, one, zero. Now, what else do you want me to do? I think you better get another bottle. Yeah, that's what I need, a bottle. You better give me a bottle. Not for the arm, for the mouth. <laughs> and the thing pressed me through the table. And I remember, I remember I wanted to wake up. Wake up, wake up, wake up. Yep. And it's time to wake up. Okay. Well, why don't you open your eyes? Nope, don't want to. <laughs> How come? Well, because every time I open my eyes, the room starts to act silly. <laughs> Goes around in circles and I'm jumping up and down. I don't want to. I don't want to wake up. I just stay like this, half awake, half asleep, and just hum a little bit. How's your mouth feel? Oh, it's dry. Very dry. And your tongue? Oh, it's dry too, yeah. And the lips are dry, and the tongue is dry, and the mouth is dry, and the throat is dry, and everything is dry, 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 dry. <laughs> what, do you want to swallow? Yep. Well, why don't you? Nobody asked me. All right, try and give it a little swallow. Okay. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Hello, brain? Yes, this is throat. Yeah, you better get some work done down here. Somebody, somebody killed a kid or something. Mm -hmm. uh. Hello, kid. Mm -hmm. You want to try and swallow? Mm -mm. <laughs> try and swallow again. We want to check out the trouble. No. Try it, come on. Do this over. This was another comedy spotlight on the Tom Sumner program. Hello, darling. This is Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, with Tom Sumner. 
I'm Julie Lopez with Crime Stoppers. Have you ever wondered what to do if you have information about a crime or the whereabouts of a felony fugitive and you want the police to know but you need to remain anonymous? Well, here's what you can do. You can go to p3tips.com or download the mobile app. You can go to Crime Stoppers of Flint and Genesee County's Facebook page and click on the Leave an Anonymous Tip tab, or you can call 1-800-422-JAIL. All methods are anonymous, and if your help leads to a felony arrest, you may be eligible for a cash reward. Remember, your voice matters. Tom Sumner Program has hosted live candidate forums for local, state, and national offices at bars, restaurants, coffee shops, and colleges. Armchair Politics has gone to Lansing, Frankenmuth, Birch Run, and Hell. Michigan, that is. We've done shows all the way to the Mighty Mac and back to the Briggs. We've done remotes from a baseball stadium in Lansing, a grocery store opening in Flint, and from a moving train. We'd like you to tell us where to go next. You can write us at TomSumnerProgram.com. Call us at at 810-339-8255 or contact us on Facebook or Twitter. This is your chance to tell the Tom Sumner program where to go. Imagine a journey down a picturesque river. Imagine your Flint River, 142 miles of recreation, natural beauty, and precious resources. The Flint River is a vital resource that is available for all to use and enjoy. The river and its ecosystem provide unlimited recreational opportunities and natural beauty while supporting wildlife in a vibrant landscape. We all have a responsibility to protect and preserve this precious resource. Learn more at FlintRiver.org or call the Flint River Watershed Coalition at 810-767-6490. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention is working to help keep you and your community safe from the threat of novel or new coronavirus. If you have traveled to a country with a widespread outbreak of COVID-19, CDC recommends you stay home and check your health for 14 days after returning to the United States. Take your temperature with a thermometer two times a day. Watch for symptoms like fever, cough, and trouble breathing. And if you feel sick or have symptoms, call ahead before you go to a doctor's office or emergency room. Tell the doctor about your recent travel and your symptoms and avoid contact with others. For more information, visit cdc.gov. I was telling you a little while ago about my wife, and I don't want you to be confused, but we were, I've been married more, more than once. In fact, I've been married three, three times. But my first two wives each died a very tra- tragic death. My first wife died from eating po- poisoned mushrooms. And my second wife died from a fractured skull. She wouldn't eat her mushroom. How do you do, ladies and gentlemen? This is Bob Hope back once again to tell you it's better to have Pepsodent flowing over your teeth now than to have water running under your bridge later. 
Hello, this is State Senator Jim Ananick, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. And welcome back, everybody. Uh, we're going to be talking this segment about uh, the Nissan Foundation and how it's been awarding grants to um, build better communities and break down social barriers. And joining me by phone to talk about that is the uh, vice president of, uh, let me make sure I get this right, vice president of communications for Nissan North America and president of the Nissan Foundation, Travis Parman. Travis, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Tom. Travis, um, why is it important for a big company like Nissan to, first of all, have a foundation and to put money into social issues like uh, diversity and, and breaking down social barriers? You know, in our case, we want to attract the best talent, and we want that talent to be happy in the communities where we operate. So being involved is what creates community, and we believe changes at the macro level start at the micro level with individuals and small groups making a collective difference. And that's what we strive to support with the Nissan Foundation uh, is that education at the grassroots level because we believe that education promotes conversations, conversations enable understanding, and it's that understanding that actually builds community. And there's something like a, a one and a half million nonprofits or NGOs, as they're called around the world, uh, non-government uh, organizations, um, and so on. Um, how many of those organizations do you have a sense for this? Um, actually, address issues of uh, cultural heritage. You know, overall, I don't have a figure on that. I I, I'm not trying to put you on the spot, program. Travis. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no problem. You, you can put me in the hot seat as much as you want. Uh, if I know, I'm happy to share, and if I don't, uh, I'll tell you that, too. Um, in our case, um, more than 70% of our programs reach uh, ethnically diverse uh, populations that they serve. And is that by design? Is that part of the Nissan Foundation mission? Yeah, absolutely, that's by design. So the Nissan Foundation was established um, as a compassionate response after the Rodney King trial verdicts um, more almost 30 years ago now. Uh, and so uh, Nissan employees uh, actually founded it because they said, you know, we really need something that promotes more diversity education and understanding. Uh, so it's uh, it's sad that we've not made more progress in 30 years uh, as a society on some of these issues, uh, but we keep working at it. What are some of the um, examples of, of organizations and grant support they've gotten from uh, the Nissan Foundation? Yeah, absolutely. Since you guys are in Michigan, let me highlight uh, a couple of our, our grantees uh, from Michigan. Uh, one of them is the Detroit Educational TV Foundation. And so uh, we've been providing funding uh, for several major activities for them, including producing 45 new American black journal episodes uh, and a video segment uh, called One Detroit on Detroit's Corktown neighborhood uh, and underwriting a roadshow event to reflect the impact of gentrification on historic neighborhoods such as Corktown down in Detroit. So just explaining uh, to the broader public 
uh, the cultural impacts uh, and bringing about more understanding uh, for diverse um, populations. So that, that's one that really stands out in Michigan. And uh, I'll tell you another one that, that's interesting to me there, too, is the Arab American National Museum uh, and their program of access. So um, we have given them a grant for the Summer Arab American Arts and Cultural Festival that's in East Dearborn, and it showcases the city as a regional and a national hub for Arab and Arab American art and culture. Has the pandemic curbed the impact of of some of the uh, programs that uh, that you've helped to grant fund, and and how um, it can can you help them? get back up and, and rolling again uh, to to meet their goals and objectives. Yes, absolutely it has. But we have found that our organizations have been really resilient during this. Uh, they have gotten creative about how they can serve their constituencies, and so they have gone online. So they have taken a lot of the services that they provided in person before, and they've made them virtual. Uh, so I'll give you an example. We just worked with the Atlanta History Center on their virtual Juneteenth celebration, which recognizes the end of slavery. Uh, and that had been a local event where they really served just the local Atlanta area. And by making it virtual, well, we worked with them to promote it. They promoted it themselves as well. Uh, and it really went from having local impact to having global reach. Uh, and so we've got many, uh, in fact, I would say most of our organizations switching to virtual environments uh, so they're able to have much broader reach than they had beforehand. Are there some some new projects that have uh, come about that, that Nissan is, is helping to support and promote? Yeah, you know, I'll tell you, um, because many of our organizations now are going virtual, ones that may have had uh, more local interest now, uh, folks across the nation and, frankly, across the world uh, might find them interesting uh, and can benefit from them, too. There is an organization in Mississippi, uh, and it's the Grammy Museum uh, by the Cleveland Music Foundation. And so this is a program that uses music to educate students about the history and the scope of the civil rights movement, uh, explaining the cultural significance of pop music on that. So they use music as a gateway to learning and inspiring uh, and cultivating creativity. Uh, and so it covers issues around diversity and inclusion and social equity in today's society. So that's something that beforehand would have really been targeted to a local community that now anyone uh, can go online uh, and learn from. I, I don't want this to sound as um, uh, snotty as it, as it may appear, Travis, but if you've been if the foundation has been working on on supporting efforts to promote diversity for 30 years um how do you know that that the efforts you're supporting are working you know i i think it's it's all about getting to a tipping point uh and again talking about that macro change starts at the micro level and it's about individuals getting educated and making individual decisions and small groups that turns into small groups and then it starts uh, a groundswell of support and i think that's what you're starting to see now is that groundswell of support for macro change 
Uh, now, we work with each of the organizations because we have very specific objectives um, before we fund a program that we agree to, and then we track those individual uh, objectives uh, to make sure that, that they're doing their part. Uh, but as far as the, the broader picture, um, I, I do think we're starting to see that groundswell of support for these efforts. Travis, how does that that work exactly? Um, you know, if you're focusing on micro efforts, you're looking very often for small uh, nonprofit organizations that that have a very specific mission and uh, sometimes are, are kind of underfunded and, and understaffed trying to do the work that they're trying to do. Um, how do they even know you exist? How do you know they exist? So what we do, um, publicity tours similar to this, uh, to try to raise awareness of the foundation. So we have a good grassroots network. We work uh, and focus on the cities where we have a big presence with Nissan. Uh, and so the states that, that typically um, involves is Georgia and Michigan, Mississippi, New York, and Tennessee. So we really work to get the word out through our, our networks, especially uh, in, in those states. Uh, and then we're, we're open beyond that as well. And then the, the organizations apply to you. Do you ever contact them and say, you know, we'd like to support what you're doing? Or is there just so much demand you have to just screen applicants constantly? We generally have about, I think somewhere in the neighborhood of about 150 letters of intent um, that, that we start with uh, for a giving cycle. Uh, and then that narrows down. You know, we awarded, uh, in this case, uh, 27 different organizations. Uh, so there is a good amount of demand. We do always want to work with our networks to continue to look for more diverse organizations um, that we can uh, become involved with. And so it's a combination. You know, occasionally we might learn of something and encourage an organization uh, to apply for funding, but we get a lot of folks uh, who reach out to us directly. And we're always happy to help with that because we start out with the letter of intent. So that gives us an opportunity to talk with the organization, make sure that they align with what we're trying to accomplish with promoting diversity uh, and cultural education. Uh, so we're happy to hold their hand through that process. Uh, or in this case, you know, I, I guess we're going to bump elbows with people through this process instead of holding their hand uh, <laughs> to fill out the official grant, uh, which is, is a little more detailed. I, I think you're right, Travis. I think the elbow bump is here to stay. Um, but the, It looks uh, like it. Um, is there, not sure exactly how to phrase this, but is, is there a, a set amount or a range for grant awards, or do they vary differently uh, from project to project? They, they vary. Um, but most of our grants fall in the $10,000 to $50,000 category. So some, some can go below that, some can go above that, but on average around ten fifty thousand is what we fund. And, um, and, and is that, uh, are, are there restrictions on those, those funds? Uh, you know, can, can that money go to staff and administration, or is it, does it have to be focused specifically on uh, program activities? It, it varies. 
So, so uh, there is not a, a specific restriction like that. Um, um, so, um, we do look for. Um, we don't often support um, indiv- groups individually, uh, like where we're the sole contributor. Um, if we usually are a partial contributor, that's not always the case. Um, but again, uh, we like to see that we're not the only ones that believe something's a good idea. We like to see that there are multiple groups who believe in a cause or a purpose, uh, and then we join, and we like to be a significant part of that, but not necessarily just the sole supporter. Does that does that mean that you often uh, uh, offer matching grants, or or do you try just to grant directly to the organization? We tend to grant directly to the organization. And um, how do is there a lot of um, I don't know, reporting uh, involved in this. Uh, you know, obviously you want to know that, that the money is being spent the way you uh, uh, intended for it to when you made the grant. Um, how, how, I don't want to say cumbersome, but yes. but how intensive oh, yeah. is the reporting part? We, we do have regular check-ins um, with the groups. So they they supply us with reports to tell us the status um, uh, to which they're meeting their objectives that, that we've agreed to uh, in the grant application. So it's all laid out. So the the reporting is only as cumbersome as what we've agreed to um, in their grant application. And, and um, how difficult is the uh, the grant application process itself? What, what do you require from the organizations uh, when you look at them and consider their requests? Sure. It's basically an outline explaining um, what, uh, what they're trying to accomplish, what they're trying to achieve, who their constituencies are that they serve. Um, if it's a specific program, uh, details of the program, uh, what their channels of executing are going to be, which, of course, now it's incredibly important to understand that there is an online component. Uh, and that they're making that switch so that um, we don't have folks who have programs that are completely based just on in-person uh, delivery of the benefits. Uh, so so those are the types of things that, that we, we check in on, and then they provide us information on a regular basis uh, about the number of people that they're serving uh, and what they're actually accomplishing. Now, in your... Uh I, I didn't mention in in your introduction, Travis, that you're uh, also uh, responsible for leading Nissan's communications, corporate social responsibility functions in the U.S., Canada, and Mexico, as well as global regional alignment and strategy and Nissan Alliance-wide communications. Um, boy, that's a long way to go, Travis, to to get to the the, the that, question that. <laughs> yeah, that is quite a mouthful. It's enough to choke a title that would choke a horse. Um, you, your uh, your business card must be continued on the back. Um, <laughs> but uh, but all kidding aside, um, I, I'm curious as to um, is is Nissan involved in 
these kinds of efforts, awarding these kinds of grants to NGOs around the world, not just in the in the states and North America? So our focus with the Nissan Foundation is is we've got uh, our region is Nissan North America. So our focus um, with the Nissan Foundation is on the United States. We do have corporate social responsibility activities that take place globally. And so their efforts focus on different um, programs um, region by region. So uh, in other areas of the world, uh, they focus um, sometimes more on environmental issues uh, and things along those lines. Um, but, but here in the U.S., we really focus on promoting uh, cultural education and diversity education. And, and I was just I was just kind of wondering, this is sort of parenthetical to our, our discussion, but um, if, if, for example, there are efforts in Japan, and if those efforts are, are different than the ones here in North America, um, because Japan, by and large, is a lot less diverse than the U.S. is. Right. And um, in Japan, um, a lot of the um, CSR activities tend to revolve around humanitarian uh, relief efforts and environmental stewardship. Excellent. Um, how do um, organizations uh, that, that are looking for funding and, and that are developing programs, especially new ones that, that aren't, aren't established and don't have a long list of patrons, um, how do they find Nissan uh, Foundation in, uh, and begin the application process? And is there a special time to do that? So we've got a new grant cycle that is starting in mid-October, uh, but you can uh, easily go to NissanFoundation.com, uh, or you can do a, just a Google search on Nissan Foundation, and, and it pops up first thing, too, uh, that will walk you through the process uh, and give you the basics. And then we encourage people to, to give us a call, to get in contact with us, uh, shoot us an email, uh, and we can go over the basic parameters with them to make sure that the ideas that they have are in alignment with what we're trying to accomplish. And, and Travis, we just have a, a minute or two left. Um, and, and, of course, I want to thank you for spending this time with me this morning. But also, I want to give you an opportunity, if you can, if you can think of one. Again, I don't want to put you on the spot, but, but do you have a, a favorite success story of some of the projects that, uh, of maybe one of the projects that Nissan Foundation has been a big part of? Yeah, I'm glad you asked that. I'll tell you one that is particularly timely right now. Uh, and that really stands out to me and that we have been funding uh, for many years is by the Nashville Public Library Foundation. And it's another one that is going virtual, so it can be uh, of service uh, not just locally but really globally now. And it's a program called Civil Rights and a Civil Society, uh, and it promotes critical dialogues on equity, race, and identity. Uh, Nashville has quite a history in uh, peaceful protests. And so the library here has archives on peaceful protests, and they use that archive material to really educate around the peaceful protests, how to handle them sensitively. Um, and it's something that in the past has worked uh, closely with um, uh, training police officers, but it's something that is being expanded now 
to train um, the general public as well. And so that's one that really stands out for me as particularly relevant right now. Well, Travis, it's been an honor and a privilege talking with you, and I appreciate you uh, spending this time with me this morning. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me on. I appreciate it, sir. All right. Take care and uh, stay safe, and best of luck to you and uh, to everything the Foundation is doing. You too. Virtual elbow bump. (laughs) Jazz hands and an air high five. Take care. Always. Bye-bye. That was uh, Travis Parman. He is Vice President of Communications for Nissan North America and uh, is also the president of the Nissan Foundation. We'll have more of the Tom Sumner program. Sitting in a Coney Island, sipping my cup of tea. Best-looking waitress I'd ever seen, dance right up to me. She said, could I serve you, please, with your coffee like some cream? Said I was drinking tea, give me some honey, please. She told me, talk, talk louder. Don't you give me that mumble jive. Said, talk, talk louder. Don't you give me that mumble jive. I left that Coney Island, and I'm sitting on Saginaw Street. Prettiest motorist ever seen, pulled up beside of me. She said, could you help me, please? My engine's running red. Said I could cool her off, but it'd have to be in bed. And she told me, talk, talk louder. Don't give me that mumble time. Said, talk, talk louder. Now don't you give me that mumble time. I told her I'd get her some water, and I took off for the coast. I made it down to New York City. Hey, <laughs> this is the unknown comic. 
And guess what? You're listening to the Tom Sumner Show right now. And now. And now, too. And even now. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention is working to help keep you and your community safe from the threat of novel or new coronavirus. Take the following everyday steps to help avoid the spread of all respiratory viruses. Wash your hands often with soap and water for at least 20 seconds. Cover your cough or sneeze with a tissue. Throw the tissue away and then wash your hands. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects or surfaces, such as remote controls and doorknobs. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. And stay home if you are sick. Call your health care provider if you develop fever, cough, or difficulty breathing. For more tips, visit cdc.gov. They say singing can help you remember things, so here's some tips for parents out there during these tough times. Number one. Make sure your kids wash their hands for 20 seconds after they've coughed or sneezed or been outside. Two. Virtual playdates, social and physical distancing can help save lives. Three. Tell them they're safe and show your love and pride. Yes, we'll get through this together. Find out more at coronavirus.gov. A message from the CDC and the Ad Council. Tom Sumner program has hosted live candidate forums for local, state, and national offices at bars, restaurants, coffee shops, and colleges. Armchair Politics has gone to Lansing, Frankenmuth, Birch Run, and Hell. Michigan, that is. We've done shows all the way to the Mighty Mac and back to the Briggs. We've done remotes from a baseball stadium in Lansing, a grocery store opening in Flint, and from a moving train. We'd like you to tell us where to go next. You can write us at TomSumnerProgram.com. Call us at 810-339-8255 or contact us on Facebook or Twitter. This is your chance to tell the Tom Sumner program where to go. Do you have feelings of inadequacy? Do you suffer from shyness? Do you sometimes wish you were more assertive? If you answered yes to any of these questions, ask your doctor or pharmacist about tequila. Tequila is the safe, natural way to feel better and more confident about yourself and your actions. Tequila can help ease you out of your shyness and let you tell the world that you're ready and willing to do just about anything. You'll notice the benefits of tequila almost immediately. And with a regimen of regular doses, you can overcome any obstacles that prevent you from living the life you want to live. Shyness and awkwardness will be a thing of the past, and you'll discover many talents you never knew you had. Stop hiding and Start living with tequila. Tequila may not be right for everyone. Women who are pregnant or nursing should not use tequila. However, women who wouldn't mind nursing or becoming pregnant are encouraged to try it. Side effects may include dizziness, nausea, vomiting, incarceration, erotic lustfulness, loss of motor control, loss of clothing, loss of money, loss of virginity, delusions of grandeur, table dancing, headache, dehydration, dry mouth, and a desire to sing karaoke and play all-night rounds of strip poker, truth or dare, and naked twister. Warning, the consumption of alcohol may make you think you're whispering when you're not. It's a major factor in dancing like a retard. may cause you to tell your friends over and over again that you're in love with them. Also may cause you to think you can sing. Alcohol may lead you to believe that ex-lovers are really dying for you to telephone them at four in the morning. Alcohol may make you think you can logically converse with members of the opposite sex without spitting. It may create the illusion that you are tougher, smarter, faster, and better looking than most people. And it may lead you to think people are laughing with you. 
alcohol may cause pregnancy, and it also may be a major factor in getting your ass kicked. So what are you waiting for? Stop hiding and start living with tequila. Tequila! I get the uneasy feeling Rod Serling is behind one of those doors. Rod Serling. Rod Serling. What's this, the Twilight Zone? Where is everybody? I would have been headed for the Twilight Zone. Twilight Zone. If I go any lower, I'll be in the Twilight Zone. All right. Oh, but Jethro's right at home in the Twilight Zone. I'm in the Twilight Zone. Now, having made this little jaunt into the Twilight Zone, I got a feeling something strange is about to happen in the Twilight Zone. Hi, this is Ann Serling, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program.
raindrops Then no one will ever know And I'm crying, crying When I go outside People listen, I feel inside I simply refuse to explain I wish it would rain Oh, and I wish it would up with a little take on the weather courtesy of uh, Joel By and the Blue Hawaiians there with a cover of uh, The Temptations hit I Wish It Would Rain and before that we heard uh, the um, stylings of uh, Sheila Landis and uh, a great old uh, George Gershwin song revisited for sure um, called Summertime. Anyway, uh, that wraps it up for today's edition of the Tom Sumner Program. I want to say thanks to my co-host, Andrea Sutton, and uh, also to my guests on the show today. This uh, last hour with uh, Travis Parman from the uh, Nissan Foundation. And before that, I heard from uh, Dr. Michael Awad, Chief of Sleep Surgery for Northwestern Medicine. And there's smoking George Winters tickling the ivories, letting it, let me know that it's time to head on down the hall to the uh, living room. But um, now, before I tell you tomorrow, very interesting conversation in the second hour of our three-hour tour with uh, author Larry Ty about his new book, Demagogue, a story about uh, Joseph McCarthy from the uh, Un-American Activities Committee and so on. Anyway, uh, see you tomorrow. Good night, everybody. The Tom Sumner Program is a live variety show. We want to acknowledge all of our guests who play such an important role in the show and our cavalcade of cohorts from coast to coast for their regular contributions. Most of the musical accompaniment was provided by people in or from the Flint area. Many of the pre-recorded portions of the Tom Sumner program are made possible by Flint's own Steve McComb and Pencil Sketch Recording in Nashville, Tennessee. If you have comments, questions or suggestions about the show, find us on Facebook. This is Prue Clearwater. Join us next time for another edition of the Tom Sumner program. And thanks for listening.